I don't have to sit here and take this abuse. I choose to sit here and take this abuse. Well, well done. Good job. Yes, Do you need dear. a clap? Here. Sure. And last one. Big one for you. Sarcasm is welcomed in the Newcomb household. This was not sarcasm. This was reality. And it's bitter. You try to indulge it. The bitter reality of being married to Sana. That was painful. Yes, it was. But sometimes the truth hurts. Alright, should we get down to why we actually press record on this thing? Um, why? So that we can stop tormenting our listeners, our long-suffering listeners. Okay. Who are patiently waiting for us to finally share something of value. Today is the day, sweetheart, where we share something of real value. Mm-hmm. We've just been pretending from the time we started until today, but today is the day we begin mm-hmm. giving value. We are just about done with this series that we have dubbed Crave. What do you crave? These are the core foundational principles of our business, JNS Media. And they're based on things that, well, we all crave. We crave community. We crave respect, adventure, Voshtan, which is the topic of today's uh, conversation. And then we crave energy. And we will talk about energy in the next recording. But I am really excited about this one because this is a word that was introduced to me a very short time ago. We're recording this in May of 2022. And I think Sana mentioned this word and introduced me to it probably October, November timeframe of 2021. So it's very new to me. And the story goes, <clears throat> we had we had this podcast and we didn't have really have a name for it. We just we're just recording stuff and just putting it on the web for people to listen to. Really, it was really just so that we could stay close together while we were physically separated. That's why we were doing it. But then we thought we we should really give the, a name to this podcast feed. Give it some, make it like commercial, something that people would maybe we can build an audience with it. And so we were talking about words that really describe us, her, me individually and her individually, and how we'd, we'd want to be known as a couple, as a family unit. And we both said the word conscientious, or I think I said the word conscientious, and Sana said that's exact the word that I was thinking of. And so, <clears throat> well, you can't, you're not going to name your podcast conscientious. That sounds, sounds a little bit uh, high-minded. You're not. People aren't going to take you seriously if you, if you get the sense that you're taking yourself too seriously. And so I said, "What's the name, uh, or what's the Persian equivalent of conscientious?" And Sana said, "Voshtan is the the Persian equivalent of the word conscientious. And if you want to say with Voshtan, it's Bavoshtan. It's basically with conscientious. So that became the name of our show." And uh, what can I say? We're having a great time with it, and we have some plans for the future. But for now, you're stuck with just us. We'll get some guests eventually, but it's just us for now. 
But uh, I am I'm I'm been looking forward to this because uh, I am expecting to learn a lot because, like I said, I've only known this word for just a few months, and apparently it has a lot of deep, deep meaning. Oftentimes, some of those Middle Eastern languages they have words or they have idioms that simply cannot be expressed with the English language. There's, it's, there's just not enough depth in the English language to fully express the meaning of, of these phrases or idioms, and Voshtan is one of those words. So uh, Sana's going to be taking the lead on this one, so I, I'm really excited. So Sana, I'm gonna, just going to pass the torch over to you. Take it away. Tell us about this word Voshtan. Why, why is it so significant, and why should what, 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 what can we uh, gain from it? Thank you, James. Um, well, I've prepared some notes previously and I went through it. Uh, what I'm going to talk about today about uh, Wajdan or conscience or conscientious uh, person, it's basically definition of it through viewpoint of Iranian or Iranian community, let's say, or Persians and stuff like that. Um, so what today I'm going to touch on is to give a little bit of definition of it. Uh, and to elaborate Bojdan in different viewpoint uh, when it comes, you know, into our community. So basically conscience or a conscientious person is somebody uh, who is aware of his or her uh, personality and inner self, uh, which is a factor in recognizing the issues or different aspects of one's life. Uh, this inner feeling, the voice that we have inside us, that sometimes guide us uh, to take an action or maybe talk or uh, do something uh, out of righteousness or wrongness. Uh, so that is a conscience or conscientiousness. Uh, in in my country, conscience is or vojdan is always. Uh, people related to the soul of a person. They, we always observe people. We always interact with the person the first time we will study them. We believe we have the ability to see the inner part of a person who interact with us. And um, we will immediately uh, kind of judge people saying whether they have watched unconscious or not. So accordingly... Conscience is an esocentric understanding, and it is related to dimensions of souls that emerge by the body and the physical body of a person or mental uh, part of the person, and that is the understanding that uh, human beings uh, can find it uh, by nature, not really through education. Uh, and that could be divided into two parts. The first part is that people naturally want to believe that there is a creator, there is a driver in this world that make the world go round, make things happen in our life. And the other side is the moral conscious where basically uh, a person or a human being try to find the path of life 
through experience, through trustworthiness, through, you know, honesty. And um, they understand that by nature, the lying is ugly, uh, betrayal is ugly, doing uh, bad things is ugly. So this is something that is inside our soul and spirit. And every human being should know about it. This is what they believe, people in my country. Uh, but, of course, uh, conscious, it's a very natural thing um, that is existed in every person, in you, in me, in anybody. It doesn't really uh, relate it to your nationality, your race, or your color. Every human being has conscience inside them. Uh, but one thing that we understand is that the kids or children, uh, basically they, uh, honey, you will have to do a lot of editing on this podcast. Is it okay? Because I have, I haven't memorized stuff that I have written like two weeks ago. Okay. All right. So. We know that children inherently or conscientiously um, hate lying. Like when the baby is born, uh, doesn't know about lying or what is wrong, what is right, right in life. Uh, Their conscience introduced lying to them as a very disgusting thing to do. And children um, will always avoid avoid lying. Like if you see... Probably when your son was growing up, when he was kid, he would he was pure, innocent. He wouldn't lie to you. And if you ca- catch him red-handed, he would probably cry and become uh, ashamed of what he was doing, right? But he wouldn't lie. If you say, did you do that? They would probably say yes, <laughs> the kids. So that means children, uh, they are a great example of person who is really conscientious. Can I say something about children? An observation that I've made about my own child. He he is very attuned to the concept of lying to the point where he will say things like, dad, you just lied about this. And it wasn't, I didn't, yeah, and I didn't tell a lie. And I, I don't remember exactly what was said. It's just one of those things where uh, you say something and right, like it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to or you say thing. I think it's going to work out this way, but it doesn't work out that way. Something like that, where I was not lying. I certainly had no intent of misrepresenting the truth or anything like that. But I think it just didn't work out the way that I said it was going to work out. And he said, well, Dad, you lied. <clears throat> and so I said, well, actually, Gabriel, I didn't lie. I, I, but I'm trying to explain this to him. And he's eight years old. He's not going to explain it. He's not going to understand it fully. You saying that made me think of that. Like he is very, very sensitive to the concept of lying. And he's very, he just, he's really turned off by it. And you're right. I also heard you say that about how children are, uh, they think that that's just pugnacious telling lies, but also you don't have to teach a child how to lie. (laughs) It's part of, it's part of our fallen nature as, as human beings. It's part of our nature. But when a child is called out on lying, telling a lie, and they do have that conscience, and when you point it out very sternly, they do react if they get emotional. And when you make it clear that is not acceptable, then they do get emotional. And then another observation that I've made about my child is when he meets a brand new person, 
who's his age, maybe around his age, it's just like instant friendship, instant. There's no thought in either of them that this person is not to be trusted. You have to, We have to look at this person with suspicion. They just, like just the other day, there was a, a young boy here on the property where I live, and they just took it to each other instantly, like instant friends. I said, Gabriel, just take uh, Miguel up to the apartment. And within seconds, they were playing the iPad together, just doing things. And there, and there was no, it didn't occur to them that they should take time to get to know the other person. They were just like instant friends. And that's the, that's the, uh, the childlike mind. And that's how children interact with the world and with other children. Uh, but I hear what you're saying about this Voshtan and how it is uh, a, a part of our humanity. That's a very good example. I knew you were going to talk about Gabriel because I have noticed that uh, many times when I'm online with you guys. He always say, that's not right. Daddy, don't lie. <laughs> but not necessarily you're lying. Maybe you're just kidding with him or joking about something. Um, that's right. Yeah, so uh, you see, so children later in life as they grow find themselves in a situation where um, they are able to lie due to the wrong upbringing and lack of control of the educators and also process of bad learning. So uh, children, like you said, they're innocent, like uh, my stepson or your son. Uh, they, they instantly, but their consciousness tell them that lying is wrong. So as they grow up, in the world and um, you know interactions happen they meet different people and they learn it through you know uh, interaction uh, anyway so the roots and origin of conscious or was done uh, actually goes deep down into divided into two parts we can look at it through religion or psychology um, when um when it comes to a practicality of it, um, uh, the two words that I can mention is acquisition of it or learning of, uh, learning process. Uh, the proponents of this type of a mindset is that most of the psychologists believe that the materialistic part of the brain or the mind of human being says that the uh, that the child or a children or a human being, when they are just born, uh, there is no conscious for them at birth. And it is not something like a yardstick for understanding for them. Uh, that is a value in their life or something like that. So um, the kid is indifferent about betrayal or what is right or wrong. But later, when they grow up, as they go to school, they interact with their kids, parents, different human being, they start analyzing it and they see the consequence of it. Uh, and sometimes they might see that lying could take uh, something of benefit to those people. And they start thinking, oh, maybe lying is good, you know, and they start adapting to it as well. So basically all this propaganda that is happening in our world and also sometimes blame it on education systems that is creating people. They are not uh, given awareness about their conscious 
and uh, they start, you know, unconsciously doing wrong or take wrong actions, make wrong decisions uh, and when they are put into different situations in life. Now, the other theory we can talk about is the nature and the essence of human being. If conscious is part of our nature, basically. So the, um, uh, there is psychologists and there is other group that they always, you know, contradict each other. And those are theologians, theologists, basically. Those who believe in God and creation and stuff like that. So they believe that conscious as a natural thing. And uh, they say that the conscious or vojdan is an immortal nature or instinct and gives reliable guidance to human beings. Uh, so subconsciously, it draws men to goodness and happiness and keeps them from slipping off the edge in their life. The principle of creation is honesty. That's what theologists think. And human being or their children learn how to um, deceive and how to save themselves from lies through lies through wrong education and learning patterns. So they try to justify their wrongdoing, basically. So that's how the theologists see it. And honey, if you have anything to say, because I know you have studied uh, part of a theology and you've been to seminary, you probably have very good examples and analysis. I'm not expert on this. The other topic I want to talk about is the purposefulness of conscious or bojdan. Conscious pursue a goal that in religion analysis can be attributed to the divine spirit. The goal is the point that we finally reach in the process of self-construction and perfectionism. And during um, lifetime, it manifests, manifests itself in our life uh, or in human life, uh, what they desire, such as sacrificing or I mean, self-sacrificing, gaining knowledge and so on. It is also through the purposeful of the wujdan or conscientious that man or human being strive to build himself and tries to act in the face of any situation in a, such a way that they do not slip off or do a wrongdoing, basically. So a person who has an inact nature and a healthy conscious mind, um, they are able to uh, have self-control um, and they try to create a happy, successful life through their good deeds. These are all the sentiments that people in Persian people basically believe because country has been pretty much dominated by theologists and um, people really follow those rules and stuff. And they're taught in school of thoughts. So we have schools and we have school of thoughts that we send our kids to study film, like discussions, philosophy, when they are kids, poems, poetry is in our blood. Like kids as young as four or five, they memorize Rumi, Hafez, Sadi, and all these great poets, they talk about Ujdan in our life. So kids are born and they grow up with this brainwash. You have to do good deeds, good deeds. If you don't do good deeds, you don't go to heaven. You know, don't lie, don't steal. All right. Well, you've this is really good stuff, and you've given a good foundation of how to define Voshtan, kind of an academic sense. But I want to know if we can go into more of a practical application, brass tacks. What does it look like when someone has a Vosh, when someone possesses Voshtan or is aware of Voshtan? Uh, what are some of the qualities 
uh, of such a person? And also, what are some of the qualities of someone who lacks Vojdan? I think somebody who has Vojdan, they are aware of their surrounding. They're aware of their own life. What does that look like? Aware of their surroundings? They're aware of their environment, the interaction they have with their colleagues, friends, family members. They, uh, I mean, have you heard of utilitarianism? The person who has Vojdan, they're the kind that they have, they believe in the, you know, just and fair and utilitarianism theory. Uh, I forgot who is the uh, person who created utilitarianism, but yeah, I think so. So uh, these kind of a people, they are the one that uh, who also believe in love your neighbor or do unto your neighbor as you want them do unto you. This is something that went in even my country in Persia before Christ. That's something else. So this is like a sentiment in our culture that people have. And even though they are modernized, they still have those sentiments. And based on that, they do not want to do harm to their, uh, to others, to their neighbor. Even, for example, in 2018, when I went back to Iran, I went to a very big garden. And I have seen people, they are not even family members, but they just interact with each other like they know each other hundreds of years and they share food sandwich when they're like they're sitting on the ground everywhere they just jump up into another person and they just share tea uh, cookies sweets and they start talking together um, that is something i didn't see anywhere i traveled um, there is no wall there is a, and i think that's because of wajdan because they want to say, you and me, we are not different, uh, even though we are not born in the same household from the same parents, but we are brother and sister. And uh, if you have my back, I have your back. If you don't have my back, if there is something wrong, you can rely on me. I got that message, you know, the friendness. So it's somebody who has a wajdan or conscious uh, would never intentionally hurt or create a situation to hurt anyone else. But I cannot say that because, again, there are situations in human life that you have to really make drastic decisions, and along the way, maybe some people will get hurt. So I would say my, my perception, how I dealt with this, because I am a very conscious person. For Since I was a teenager, I... Um, I would care about other more than me. There were situations that I felt like people start hating me, but my intentions were always good. So I noticed there are situations that you have to really put it on a scale to see the action you're taking, how much good and benefit it can bring to how much of household, how many number of people in a household. And if the good did surpass the bad did and can create benefit to maximum number of people, then I will take that action. That's how a conscious person has to work. So it requires a lot of thinking, a lot of, you know, contemplating on a situation before you actually pass on a resolution. Yeah, I hear from you what you're saying right now. And in the conversations we've had on the topic in the last few months, it's just a, a sense or an awareness of justice right and wrong. And you know 
what I'm talking about. When you come across somebody who does a certain, they conduct themselves in, let's say, less than ethical ways. Like, it's like they know exactly what they can get away with as far as the statutory law is concerned. And they're going to do that much and no, nothing else. That type of mentality, you, you think, okay, this person is like barely on the right side of the law. <laughs> it's like they're barely uh, out of prison. <laughs> but you know that, that when you have a, a conscience and when you conduct yourself with a Foshtan, or at least you strive to do so, there's just something that eats at you. There's just like, there's something wrong with this. Even though this person uh, on the surface is doing enough of the right thing to get by in life, there's just something, there's something wrong. There's something off with this person. And that's what, that's what I think we mean is when we say that we crave Voshtan. We just, we crave justice. We create, we crave things done the right way. We, we just, it's a, it's an awareness of what is the right way and what is not the right way to do things. But also, honey, there are a group of people who are really conscious. They do things and they justify it using another uh, incident, another thing in their life, maybe. I don't know how to put it. I think I'm not putting it in the right English sentence. You know, like uh, there are a group of people who are in a position that they can, they have to make decisions for big group of people, maybe in the business. They are the one who give explicit statements and people have to work on that for entire life, like years uh, to run the show. They usually make decisions what is best for them. It is very selfish. They don't think it's selfish because they believe what they are doing, making decision is right. Because they believe it's right, they believe everyone else have to think it's right. And they will find so many excuses to justify their decision-making, to justify their action. It looks all right, but then the future, the consequence will be so harmful that you cannot even erase it, you cannot fix it. Yeah, conscious is very dangerous if you don't take control of it. You have to use your conscious with a bit of what you call grind of a salt, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like put yeah, it on a yeah, leash. Yeah. 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 Like how you sit on a horse and guide the horse with the, is it a leash? Was it, what is it? it uh, the reins. The reins. Yeah. The bridle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we believe. I don't know. Maybe in US and everywhere else people believe. We, we, we think Vojdan is something you have to guide it like you're riding a horse. What I'm hearing from you is that you're aware of what you believe, what you believe is right. You're also aware that other people have their own opinions and their own worldviews, their own perspectives. And you can, there's nothing wrong with standing up for what you say is right or or just preaching from the mountaintops, which you believe is true. But you also have to be wary of other people. And they, they have, people have similar convictions on that, that differ from yours. And that's why you have so many wars, like literal wars, that spring up from uh, differences in religious beliefs. Right. So things that I believe they're right may not be right for you in your culture. How are we going to coexist and live together? Again, a person who has a wajdan understands this sentence that I just said, and they will make life beautiful. 
I think you remember when they first met, I told you, I am able to make married life perfect because I will not initiate issues. I will take care of my family and I will make decisions that is always right for my family. And it's not difficult. But I didn't mean that life, married life doesn't have issues. If it doesn't have issues, something is wrong. Either the husband or wife, they don't care about each other. That's my belief. Yeah, but if you have a conscience, then you will definitely deeper sense to make everything right each time. Like you said, we talked a lot about it because I personally really take it serious. You know, the word was done. I'm happy that you have taken interest in it to put it one of our core value in business because every business, every multinational corporation in the world, their main ultimate goal is profitability. I think you and I, we came together with a pure heart, a heart to accept anybody who wants to be part of our business or want to deal with us, do business with us, choose us to coach them, choose us to do their work and business, build their audience, build their, you know, business. We want to do it in a conscious, done manner. We are going to be with you all along with our business and with... James and JNS Media, you can trust us that we are not going to judge you. You can have as much as hiccups, as much as wrongdoings or mistakes, but you're not going to see difference in our tone of voice or the way we are going to deal with it. We, we are there to sit with you and find out what are some of the issues you're facing and what are some of the problems that cause some, uh, you know, issues in your business. And we're going to together help you to solve those. Sana, I, I am glad that we talked about this and I feel like we could go on for hours, days, weeks talking about this one topic. But in the spirit of leaving our listeners wanting more, craving, I feel compelled to end our discussion on this topic right now. But this is the essence of who we are. This is, I mean, what you hear on this podcast feed is basically us. We're, this is this is the genuine, authentic James and Sana that you hear on, on these recordings. So um, if you like what you hear, and if you are in the market for getting into a podcast or some sort of digital media uh, production, then uh, consider us. Look us up on the web at jns.media. We have a, a branch of service called the GSD Network, which means uh, getting stuff done. It's focused on pro- uh, podcast production. And um, what can I say? Just if, if anything that we've said has uh, resonated with you at all, then look us up, jns.media, gsd.network. We'll redirect you right to that page on the website talking about podcast production. So we have run our mouths long enough, and we bid you a fond farewell. Farewell.